Welcome to Insights with Sights, the symphony of scripture, a weekly podcast exploring the themes and contours of the weekly scripture readings. For more information about the podcast or to download the companion notes, please visit www.wickliffcollege.ca/podcast. We now join our host, the Reverend Dr. Christopher Seitz. We continue our slow walk alongside Jesus in Mark's narrative portrayal as he moves back and forth across the Sea of Galilee, the Jewish and the Gentile sides, and now today widening his trajectory and entering the historically prosperous coastal regions of Tyre and Sidon and on into the Decapolis Gentile region. Track one likewise continues to march through literature associated with Solomon, moving from Song of Songs last week to a short trek through the book of Proverbs. And as well, we are following in both tracks a continuous reading through the epistle of James. In both tracts, psalms appropriate to the Old Testament reading are provided as responses. In track two, geared to the symphony of gospel and Old Testament reading both. The gospel account for today, Jesus' encounter with a Greek-speaking Syrophoenician by ethnicity woman, has in recent times been the recipient of some rather remarkable interpretations. Jesus was put in his place. Jesus changed his mind because he was properly upbraided. The Syrophoenician woman served as a kind of mirror reflecting back to Jesus his own narrow xenophobia causing him to rethink his attitudes toward Gentiles. A simple Google search will pull up dramatic titles for recent studies, like The Woman Who Changed Jesus. So let's start with the Gospel and take a closer look at Mark's narrative line. It's obvious that Jesus is increasingly encountering those in need of healing, and who lived on the margins. The little Jewish girl dead or dying, Jairus' daughter, a woman with a flow of blood. And now Jesus starts to enter traditional Gentile regions in Tyre and later in the cities of the Decapolis, where he will heal and encounter those in need who throng to him, having heard of his fame. Several cultural questions hover around our text for this morning. The region Jesus enters is a Gentile one, wealthier than the Jewish Galilee and the agricultural labor found there from which they benefited, taking food and leaving scraps for dogs, one could say. The woman Jesus encounters is a Greek speaker, and could that mean culturally upper class? 
Tyre in the Old Testament is famous for wealth and trading and commerce. Read Ezekiel's three chapters, 26, 27, and 28, for a sober account of the ravaging by the Tyre, by Tyre of neighbors and her seafaring commerce that had no peer. One thing is for sure, at the center of many Markan stories is the theme and the question of faith. Jesus responds to faith. He calls it forth. He asks for it. So the woman from with the flow who reaches out in faith, or the ruler of the synagogue to whom he says, do not fear, trust, have faith, only believe. And to the father of the epileptic child, we will read about in chapter 9, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. I believe, I have faith, he says, help my unbelief. In addition, the idea of a history of salvation, first to the Jew and then the Gentile, is deeply resident in Acts and in Paul, and we see it as well in the Gospels. Go nowhere but to the lost tribes of Israel. Let the children first be fed. Five thousand are fed with twelve baskets left over on the predominantly Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee, and four thousand are shortly to be fed after them during Jesus' fresh journeys in largely Gentile regions. Last Sunday, Jesus abraded the Jewish leaders for hindering the law's good intent. And as the law's good giver, he himself goes into regions of uncleanness and he brings forth healing and life from the dead. And now he begins a trek into the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon and on into the Decapolis as his fame has become known. First, to a strong character in the person of a woman of standing with a daughter possessed by a demon. Mark says he tries to be hidden away, as with God's purposes with Israel, and he wants to remain so. But this persistent woman breaks through, for such is the powerful draw of Jesus for any and all in need. Dog is clearly a pejorative term, as most dogs were undomesticated scavengers at the time. A dog under the table is closer to our understanding, the dog awaiting his food. The image can appear and does in Jewish texts of the time, representing the Gentiles who come within their elected feeding range and dine after them at the final eschatological banquet. Falling at Jesus' feet and begging is indeed her canine posture. And she does not bristle when Jesus confirms the divine order of salvation. Indeed, she underscores his own point 
by speaking it back to him. Yet she stands ready in just that posture to receive the food she and her daughter need. Great is her faith. Absent in her is a pained cry, help my unbelief, for she is all in. And for saying this, for responding as Jesus himself has clarified, she has shown her great faith and her daughter's healing is now assured. She went home, found the child in bed and the demon gone. It is just this strong faith, we may assume, that explains Jesus' steady movement now out of the Sea of Galilee western regions into Tyre and Sidon, and as we hear in our text for this Sunday, into the Gentile cities on the other side, the region of the Decapolis, where he heals a man deaf and unable to speak. Great faith is great faith, and great faith in him is saving faith. Faith, saving, that spills over the messianic banquet table and manifests itself before his eyes, hidden away, as Mark seems symbolically to imply, in the order of salvation, but breaking forth now to his final purposes on earth. The prophet Isaiah had spoken this beforehand in what Paul, in his letters, calls a mystery, hidden, though present beforehand, and now breaking forth in the fullness of time. It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is the text from Isaiah 49, quoted in Acts 13 by Paul and Barnabas, confirming their outreach beyond Jewish Israel, even as their pers persistent preaching in the synagogues never ceases throughout the entirety of the Acts of the Apostles. Chapters 40 to 66 are, of Isaiah are renowned for these notes and promise of outreach, of salvation breaking forth among the nations. As Israel's punishment by the nations, ironically, becomes in the order of salvation the means of their knowledge of God, diaspora Israel in Old Testament times, to become in the fullness of time the synagogue Israel, of Paul's eventual mission in that context, not unlike Jesus' own activity in Galilee and the regions that adjoin it. Chapters 34 and 35 of Isaiah serve as a harbinger of these later salvation chapters of Isaiah and anticipate many of the themes found there so our Old Testament reading chosen for today in obvious symphonic relation to the gospel. Wonders of healing and reversals of affliction without respect to the recipient, save their need, be strong, fear not. And what an example in the woman in today's reading 
followed by the fulfillment of Isaiah's promises in the healing of the deaf and mute man in the Gentile Decapolis. Alleluia is the refrain of our psalm, picking up from where Isaiah started. Happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their refuge. The elect of Israel or those of us, like the woman, adopted and brought into fellowship in that banquet. The epistle reading from James is a familiar one, reminding us that faith without actions, that it compels, is not the faith of God's gifting in Jesus Christ. Jesus showed no distinction in allowing the cry of the woman from wealthy Tyre to sound forth, even as he spoke from within the saving presence of the one God of Jacob. When she affirmed that saving order of things, she received not crumbs but new life for her daughter. Our track one reading from the middle of Proverbs, a section from chapter 22, though it is in track one, has likely also been chosen out of other possibilities in that long collection of Proverbs because of themes it reinforces also in the gospel lesson. So we hear in verse eight, those who are generous are blessed for they share their bread with the poor. The Gentile woman from Tyre may not be poor in worldly means, but she is surely desperately poor because of the affliction that torments her daughter. Jesus may not appear generous at first, but is prepared to do everything asked of him by those with the faith of this woman. As part of the history of salvation, at whose center is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, for the Lord pleads their cause, as our Proverbs reading puts it. Those who trust in the Lord, though they may be in Tyre or Sidon or in the Decapolis, are like Mount Zion itself, which cannot be moved, but stands fast forever. In the Lord's compassion, crumbs become basketfuls of leftovers and food from his table, life-changing, hope-providing, nourishment from heaven itself. He has done everything well. The deaf hear, the mute speak, the demons are routed, and all creation is fed at his hand. We hope you enjoyed Insights with Sights, the symphony of scripture. For archived episodes and notes, please visit www.wickliffcollege.ca podcast. Thank you, and we hope you tune in again. This podcast is a ministry of Wycliffe College at the University of Toronto.